0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Mr. Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to it's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio.
1: Welcome to It's M-Amazing Radio, I am your host, Dr. Law, with me as always, wait, where's Mark? 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 Okay, that was my lame attempt at doing some sort of Bueller thing, but yeah, Mark's not here. Uh, also with me this week, Kid Presentable.
0: Oh
2: shit. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <Is laughs> you, if you threw <laughs> it to me, I accidentally just uh, unplugged my shit, so uh, you uh, might okay. have heard me just it did a couple times, but look what happens. Mark Mark isn't here for one day, and, and stuff just falls apart. Also with me, Lavender Goobs.
0: Normally when that happens to you, Steph, is because one of your puppies uh, just like rips the thing out of your computer. Uh, so that was kind of funny. Um, I didn't think your joke was lame at all, um, Bobby. I thought it was excellent.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. And a better podcast would start over, given what just happened to start this thing, but we're, we're just going to roll with it, because I think it adds to the charm of what this episode is um guys um there was a ufc card this past saturday mike what were you and i doing during this pay-per-view
0: let's see that main event uh started around like what 10 30 so i think at that point we were about four and a half hours into our civilization six game yes we
1: were um the main event being the only thing we even paid any attention to uh Stefan. What level of attention did you pay for the take to this card?
2: I believe I had like my computer and TV on as a mix of uh, NBA playoffs and uh, the overwatch league um, because yeah watching uh, some eSporting had uh, was more appeal to me than whatever these MMA fights were. And honestly I was watching Dynamite
1: earlier and then I watched some of takeover. And then, man, like, the UFC was not high on the list of things I was interested in that night, if I'm being straight with you guys. But I did see fr- old man Frankie Edgar go out there and get down. By the way, Mark's not here, and, like, no analysis, guys, <laughs> of this fight. Um, Honestly, uh, based on what I saw, old man Edgar can still fight. I didn't think he won, but I also didn't, at the end of it, think that, like, I was the best judge of that. Uh, Mike, I'm not sure how you felt about it, but I think you were with me where we're like, this is going. This is a good fight, but Frankie's not necessarily getting the best of this.
0: Yeah, I mean, take my analysis with a grain of salt because I was more worried about the Americans on my western front and the Japanese uh, to the north of me. But, you know, while half watching the fight, you know, at the end of each round, I thought pretty much with, I think, each round except for one of them, I can't remember which one. But with each one, I thought, oh, yeah, Frankie lost that round, right? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Frankie lost that round, right? And then by the end of the fight, I remember I I told you, Bobby, well, obviously Frankie's going to win this. I don't know why Frankie (laughs) is looking like he has a shot. And Uh sure enough, you want to split?
1: Yeah, Stefan, I guess, like, uh, the media tends to agree with our half-baked analysis?
2: I mean, from what I saw in the analysis I got, like, um, I I was – I admit i didn't watch it but i did follow along a live play-by-play because i'm kind of curious what the result is i gotta know what happened at the end of this fight and they had it 4-1 to munoz um and so that's what one of the split decisions had it as the dissenting judge who is sal diamato of all people um so the fact that people think that's the guy who got it right uh it really tells you the state of mma judging um I don't know what to take away from this man, because all I know is if, what this is going to result in is Frankie Edgar is going to get a top five guy by virtue of winning and being Frankie Edgar. And so he'll get starched in a different fight. So after all our analogies the past week, I guess what I can say is Frankie Edgar is in the laundry room, but we haven't decided if today is laundry night or if we're going to push it to tomorrow, but he's in the room. He's in. He's in the basket. But we don't know if we're doing the laundry
1: tonight. I think my favorite analysis of what happened um, was um, this guy. Um, his name is Chris Rini. Um, he kind of does like woodwork. It's kind of just hard to describe. He does art on wood depicting MMA events. But really his takeaway was Munoz was just a symbolic opponent. We all know Frankie's real nemesis is father time. Because it's just old man Edgar out there, folks. He's fought, he fought more rounds than anybody in the UFC history. He probably has, right? It's gotta be him or George or Bisping, one of those guys. Um just going round after round. But yeah, Mike, I don't need to see Frankie Edgar fight somebody that good. Um, no,
0: no, I, I think this is the correct level of opponent and to um add on to Steph's uh you know spot on um you know analysis. Um he's not washed, right? He's like a shirt that's, like, hamper adjacent, and you think to yourself, do I need to wash this? And you take it, you take a take a nice big whiff, and you're like, I can wear this one more time.
2: It's not dirty, but, you know, maybe it does stand for a refreshing.
0: Yeah. A little but, Febreze. It needs a little Febreze. I was
2: going to say, you're going to Febreze this thing. Um,
1: Munoz, um, tough break for him, but honestly, it's not that, you know, it's easier said than done. Leave it, Don't leave it in the hands of the judges. But man, had a lot of fights. He had a good run going after knocking out Cody Garbrandt. Lose the decision to Aljamain Sterling. Lose the decision to Frankie Edgar. Going to topple down those 135-pound rankings. Um, by the way, guys, Dana White said it. That Aljamain Sterling is getting the first crack at Peter Jan. Do we believe him? Or no? Because I don't. I think somehow Frankie Edgar is going to get a title shot. <laughs> I haven't figured out how, but I think it's going to happen. Steph, what do you think?
2: I think it's happening um, just because this is an unsexy division. Um, there's not a lot of names value at this weight class. And then uh, Frankie, didn't he um, go down another weight class?
1: This is, this? Thir-
2: this is 35. This is I, thought this. He, I thought he this lost him dropping to 25. No, no, because
1: he, no? he got beat up by Zombie. This is 35. Uh, is
2: that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see it happening. There's not, this is just an unsexy division right now. Therefore, it'll be the only one that is sporting appropriate. Uh, well, but... he also,
1: by the way, Frankie, this is his first time cutting weight ever, apparently, for a UFC fight at 135. Decision being close and P. probably losing a side. If he's going to fight some more stuff, this division? I mean, yeah, whatever. I mean, but... look, okay, people are saying he should fight Dominic. I think we all agreed that we want to see Dominic versus Jose Aldo. I we I think let's just say we'd like Dominic
2: Cruz to fight either Jose Aldo or Frankie Edgar. Is that good with you guys? I mean, it could be either of them. If anything, like I I like Dominic. You know, Frankie's not going to hurt him. Like yeah, so, so, uh, Jose, old man Jose. He he might still he might still you know put a beaten on those repeatedly injured legs. Oh yeah, but, Jose's uh, leg.
1: Jose if Jose remembers the leg kick again, Dominic's legs. We might not see him for five years. He's again. only got
2: one round of them, as we saw uh, those leg kicks exhaust Aldo. So, mm-hmm. um, but Frankie, you know, that'll just be a lot of pitter-patter moving around. Really It'll be a good see, sparring
0: session. Do we really want to see Frankie versus Aldo at 135, though? No, no, no. Like,
2: I, I want to see yeah. Frankie versus Dominic. Uh, Frankie
1: and Aldo, we don't need to see it again. We've seen it twice. We're good. It's a, I, think, un- uh,
0: I think Frankie and Dominic would be a nice co-main event.
1: I think Dominic's next two fights should be Aldo and Frankie, regardless of how the, whichever one goes first, even, like, you know, happens.
2: I think uh, Frankie should fight Sean
1: O'Malley. Well, I I saw Sean O'Malley got into it with, like, Ben Askren, because Ben Askren said something about him needing a stretcher, and then I was just like, you know MMA news is at a point where I just don't care. I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, There was a conflict. Did anybody catch what happened, actually, or do we even care at this point?
0: I heard those comments initially from uh, Ben Askren, and then I didn't care.
2: There we go. Good to know. Um, Guys Spatting who aren't in the same weight class, who cares? You're never going to fight.
1: Um, also in this card, four finishes in this main card. Um, Mike Rodriguez getting a knockout. Joe Selecki, uh, getting a submission victory by Rear Naked Choke. Let's see if we've earned himself a Wikipedia page. Uh, Shayna uh, Dobson getting a finish at Women's Flyweight in the second round with a knockout. And Daniel Rodriguez, uh, knocking out Dwight Grant. And Dwight Grant's not bad, um, with a knockout two minutes into the second, into the first round at Welterweight. So, yeah. Um I said all those names none of you know who they are uh, realistically Dwight Grant maybe like maybe um and that's why we didn't pay attention to this card um also this past weekend though I oddly enough, I feel all of us might have seen this on some level. Ryan Bader got beat like he stole something um Mike nemkov whooped that ass um Ryan Bader had nothing for him on the feet.
0: Yeah. Uh give me one sec. Uh go to go to Steph.
1: Steph on.
2: Go. Yeah, I s I I saw I saw a Twitter length video, but it pretty much was the fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ryan Bader looked like bad Ryan Bader in this fight. Uh hands down, slow to the punch, um, whiffing on everything. Uh and Nemkov, he looked like Fedor's protege. He had mm-hmm. that lunging, lunging right like overhand straight. Yeah. Like he was You know, launching himself with that, like, that was the Superman punch. Um, But it was working for him. He was just younger, quicker, more aggressive, more assertive. Um, But like I said, it's okay because Ryan Bader is a heavyweight, you know? Yeah. Nemkov wanted to fight him at light heavyweight, which is not Ryan Bader's natural weight class. He is the greatest Bellator heavyweight of all time, as we discussed last week. So that's the only reason my man lost. Um, He can go be the champion of the real weight class. But uh, hats off to Fedor's protege. Um, um, I'll be a, honest, Sambo legend alive. I'm going to assume there's some sarcasm there, right? That whole thing is sarcasm. Okay. Okay. No, I think no. The not about that is sarcasm. No,
1: realistically, <laughs> I mean, I, I was watching the fight, and I'm like, man, Ryan Bader's getting tooled out there. And then when they saw Fedor in the corner, I just got oh, more excited. Goodness. Because, like, for the longest time, Steph, we'd hear about Fedor's camp, and we always were under the impression that, like, Fedor doesn't train with anybody. Like at all i mean like and like we finally got something going on here with some young kid who's actually looks like he might be something because ryan bader jokes aside is a top seven light heavyweight in the world worst case probably even higher maybe with what's going on at light heavyweight in ufc i mean
0: i believe this was his first maybe second loss since he's joined bellator i think this is bader's first loss
1: in a very long time i mean since i think rumble knocked his head off um a couple years ago but so, steph so, this was a
0: leader so hasn't been a scrub
1: while no no happens. yeah this guy i mean steph i mean how much stock to be putting this kid um at light heavyweight
2: a lot just because this is this has been a barren. what once was the marquee division of the sport has been barren. like we said we always get excited about just even the prospect of new blood and that like we're going to be talking about one of them in um alexander rocket right mm-hmm. like yeah. You know, I got. I, we got excited about uh, Dominic Reyes. Um, you know, he gave us something by giving a good fight against John Jones. Um, you know, who was the other one? Um, Johnny, yeah, Walker, right? oh, yeah, Johnny Walker, right? Johnny Walker. He, he's been a little exposed, but we got pretty excited just because the idea of anyone coming up in light heavyweight is exciting. Yeah, just because it is, it should be one of the marquee divisions, right? Like, just it's a different. It's a bigger man than the average-sized man to be a light heavyweight, but it still resen- has a semblance of like physicality and athleticism that you don't always get at heavyweight. Sometimes you just get some fat guys at heavyweight. Like- mm. So it's a big dude who's really in shape is what light heavyweight is. So in terms of like aesthetically pleasing, that's why that was the marquee division. So we've just not had a lot of guys to be excited about. So, um, you know, Bader, he obviously did the big fish little pond thing. Right. Yeah. And so the the competition was limited, but it didn't diminish what his capacity was. And whatever guy eventually beat him, it meant that they were top 10 caliber. Right. Like we said when Bellator was in its heyday. Right. What did we call it? We called it like the, the Bellator, the, eight, the sweet eight spot. Like mm. whoever the Bellator champion was, was number eight overall in like the uh in the promotion list rankings. So um, yeah. that's kind of where I would slot him in right now. You know, pending a greater level of competition. Yeah,
1: I mean the best person he's gonna fight, Mike, um, in not name Ryan Bader. I mean, we got Phil Davis, um, we got um Corey Anderson. Um he already beat up Liam McGarry pretty handedly. Um what am I mad? that's pretty much it, huh? I mean Yeah,
0: I, I think the first his first title defense is gonna be against the guy you just mentioned, the Corey Anderson. You think he's gonna uh,
1: go straight to title shot, Corey Anderson? I,
0: I think he does. Um granted uh, Corey Anderson is in. you know, he was maybe a fight or two away from... Uh, I, yeah. Am I missing
1: that Corey Anderson hasn't
0: lost in a while? Or did he lose recently? I think he lost a fight or two ago. Oh,
1: Jan knocked him out. He had right. well, won four straight and Jan knocked him out. That was what it was. Okay.
0: Yeah, and considering Bader, Bader just lost and Phil Davis honestly hasn't been a sexy pick for me in, 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 a, in a long time. Yeah, I think he walks into a title shot. First fight. In uh, in Bellator, um, he's he was a top five light heavyweight while in the UFC. So, and if I'm right, he's coming off of a victory or two. So I don't okay. see any reason why he. Well,
1: his last loss was, was his last fight was getting knocked out.
0: Was it? Yeah, I thought he won his final fight. No, no,
1: he got knocked out by it was. He would talked all that shit to John Jones, and then they booked Jan versus John Jones versus Corey, and John Jones sitting in the front row, and then Corey got knocked out in three minutes. And Jan and John Jones stared each other down while we all said, "Please don't give us this fight."
0: <laughs> well, even so, he had won maybe like his last three or four before that. Yeah, no, fight. he was
1: on a roll, man. He killed Johnny Walker. He's the exposure. He's the one who exposed him, right, Steph? That was Corey Anderson, not giving a shit about Johnny Walker's bullshit.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's where a lot of shine came off of uh, Johnny Walker. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like I said, we, that was a, that was a false that was a false prophet at light heavyweight. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, Mike, I'm i going I mean, to be surprised if he did get a title shot. It's not like they're that deep at 205 at Bellator um, and Rack. And they made Nemkov fight half these guys before he got a title shot. Like, he he already beat Carvalho, too. Like, what do you want him to do? You know, there's not a lot there. Um, I heard Roy Nelson really shit the bed. Did you guys watch that fight at all? Did anybody watch any of this card besides that fight?
0: Outside of the Bader fight, I watched none of this.
1: Roy Nelson, someone said he was like 15 and 1 when he fought Junior Dos Santos 10 years ago, which was when Steph and I were at that fight. And since then, he has lost something like 17 fights and won six.
2: I mean, it's- why do y'all think I was, I was I was baiting you guys? I was like, you guys want to pick the Roy Nelson fight? <laughs> I know you're going to pick him out of name, value, and familiarity. You know, like, he's been, now there's a guy who, uh, he, he's he's on the second wash. He's so dirty that you pulled him out of the machine, and you're like, there's still a stain on this. Let's run it one more time. That's who Roy Nelson is. I remember
1: I remember when, uh, we're watching Tough 10, and Mike is not an MMA fan at all this time. This is what made Mike an MMA fan. And I think I just told Mike, I'm like, yeah, Roy Nelson's winning this tournament. And I think Mike might have been like, why? I'm like, because he's 12-1 and one or something? Like, he was world champ or IFL? Like, He's a real heavyweight, like, legit. And all these other guys are 2-1, and one, and
2: they're terrible. I mean, he low-key had one of my favorite quotes of the season. And that was like, when Dana said that they were bringing in, like, a surprise competitor, I thought he was talking about me. Like, <laughs> Roy thought he was the big catch. He, he, was the, he was the special highlight guy. He's like, oh, it's Kimbo. It's not me, the champion? All right, fine. I, I remember uh, when, like, the, the finals was Roy Nelson's was Brendan Schaub. And Schaub was still
1: training at uh, Jackson's, I guess, kind of. So, like, Rashad was c- cornering Brendan Schaub. and Rish- But Roy Nelson was also part of Team Evans. I think Roy Nelson showed up with no cornerman. Like, he just showed up, knocked out Brendan Schaub, rubbed his belly. And Mike, remember <laughs> our, friend, our friend Sadiq texted us like, Yo, this fat guy's rubbing his belly on sweat TV! <laughs> One of the hardest we ever laughed, I do remember, was we were at, we were at an arena and they're announcing Roy Nelson versus Krokop, and they say, in the blue corner, a kung fu fighter! And Steph and I lost all composure at that point, because we didn't expect that answer.
2: Um, I mean, in his heyday, he was a fun character. He came out to Weird Al Yankovic. I'm fat. You know, like, he's a guy who had a sense of humor about him. He wore the mullet. He had the one overhand right and nothing else that he refused to use his grappling acumen. Like, there was a fun window with him, but... You knew it was one of those. He also, I felt he was and bad. He was old the entire time too. Like Roy's like forty five. Like you talked about, Bobby. It's it's heavyweight. He was in the prime of life in those mid late thirties run.
1: Um. All right. Um. Mark Hunt's gonna fight, guys. We don't know where, but he says he's in fight camp. Mark Hunt's forty four years old. He doesn't need a fight. Let's let's not do this, Mark. Unless the lawsuit's costing money. In that case, I get it. Um. Yeah, fuck it. Let's just pick some fights, huh?
0: Sounds good. Yeah. Let's do it.
1: You can tell how unstructured this podcast is without Mark. Um, we're 20 minutes in. We're already at the picking fights
2: part. This whole thing's going to be 36 minutes long. I mean, Guys, there was there's nothing, not a, there was there's nothing happening. About. Yeah. You think Mark watched those fights, Bobby? Mark was in the middle of his UFC career. I told you. We're friends on PlayStation. I see when he's online. <laughs> 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 That's just calling my man out right there. Um... All right,
1: um, let's get into it. The UFC is back at that uh, the, the Apex um, this weekend um, with a pretty decent uh, fight card here, um, headlined by Anthony Lionheart-Smith and uh, Alexander Rakich. Um, we got Robbie Lawler and Neil Magny to We got Steph's favorite, Alexa Grosso, on the card. Ian Kutula- Kutelaba and Magomed Ankalaba are really going to try to fight this time, guys. They're doing their best. Which uh, which
0: one of them had covid?
1: Uh Kute the one that we all picked to get to lose. Which let's just put it out there right now. Does anybody feel differently about Kute losing this fight?
2: I mean, based on a Facebook article I read, getting covid does make you stronger. So, um there's a chance that the line is better now. Is sarcasm, it? Mike. You looked <laughs> a little confused, but uh again, I'm still oh, I'm, spi- a, I'm still a, sticking
0: st- with the sarcasm. That was a sarcastic perplexed look.
2: Uh oh, wow. I read something on Facebook is always the lead into a joke, Mike. That yeah. is not that is never anything serious about what I read on Facebook.
0: I mean, don't don't you guys get your news from Facebook?
1: Um, we lost the fight, guys, that
2: was gonna actually was kinda interesting for me,
1: I thought. Ryan Hall was gonna take on Ricardo Lamas. Uh people don't wanna fight Ryan Hall because Ryan Hall has no interest in the fight being good and he's just gonna try to grab onto you until there's a submission. Uh he had to get pulled out of the fight, so Ricardo Lamas is gonna fight some guy on like Three days' notice, named Bill Algio. Um, but anyway, Anthony Smith, Alexander Rakich, Uh Last time we saw Anthony Smith was he was when he was getting his teeth uh, when he was trying to put his teeth back in his mouth, right? When he yeah, fought he uh, Glover, yeah. When he fought Glover, yeah, that was uncomfortable. The ass whooping Glover just out there.
0: That doesn't feel like that was that long ago, and he's it was, fighting. A, it was in May. That was not that long ago. This is a very quick turnaround for such an ass whooping.
1: Yeah, uh, that was a badass whooping too. Um, Rakic, on the other hand, uh, last time we saw Anthony Rakic, he lost a close split decision to um, Vulcan Ozdemir um, on the Edgar Zombie card. Um, it was a split. I remember thinking I thought Alexander won, but I also don't really think a lot of Vulcan, and I think I might have been biased. If I'm trying to remember how what, what went in that fight. Um, Alexander's a bit of the prospect in this weight class though guys um 12 and two um had won 12 straight before uh his loss to Vulcan uh nine of them by knockout one submission um betting odds for this one Steph?
2: uh would you say lost to Vulcan I thought he beat Vulcan
1: nah he, he lost won. it was a split
2: oh um rocket is coming in a pretty big favorite at minus 280 to Anthony Smith's plus two forty underdog. Okay. Um,
1: I. am I oh, sorry. Did you want me to pick after that? No, no, no. You uh, you you lagged for a second there, so I couldn't tell if it was going to come through or not. We're good now. Um, I don't. Um, I. The UFC, I think, has plans for this kid, for Rakic, and um, they signed him to a six fight deal um, right after he lost that fight to Vulcan. So they probably lowballed him. So, well done, UFC, on that shit. But I, Anthony Smith got his ass whooped so badly in that last fight. The scenario where he wins this, Steph, is Rakic isn't ready for five rounds. That's it. I think we get to round three or four would be the only time where I'm like, Rakic is slowing down, maybe Anthony can do something. But I think I think Anthony's going to get beat here. I I don't, I'm kind of... I don't think he can hang necessarily with high level and I think Alexander is high level. Um, and Mike said it well, man, he got his ass just he got pummeled 3 months ago. So I got rackage, what do you got?
0: Yeah, um I agree with you. Um this isn't even so much a rackage pick or more just against Smith because he got beat so badly and that was just 3 months ago. I'm amazed that he wasn't put like on a medical suspension for, you know, He two had to months.
1: pick his teeth up. And a, a Glover was apologizing. Sorry, man, I have to do this. Um, it was uncomfortable. I, I'm
0: amazed he didn't spend two months just recovering and you know letting letting his brain heal or like any any little injuries he got from that. This seems like way too quick of a turnaround for 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 the damage that he took just less than three months ago, and then to have to go through the wear and tear of a fight camp as well. Um, I kind of worry that we're going to start seeing a precipitous drop in Anthony Smith's uh, performances in the octagon starting with this fight.
2: Uh, Steph, what do you think, man? Uh, so I got to be honest. Um, I thought Alexander Rakic was someone named Yuri Prokashka. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, we just got a couple Eastern European light heavyweights, and I'm mixing them up in my head. Uh, Prokashka is the slightly better, pro- the better prospect, I think, of the two. Um, because that's why I was confused when you said he lost to Vulcan. I'm like, no, no, he just knocked out Vulcan. Like, I remember this, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh no, it's the other guy. Um, so that's he's he's the one. He's the one who kicked Jimmy Mano on the head so hard.
1: Jimmy retired at the end of the fight.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, they both got (laughs) skill sets, right? Yeah. He's he's obviously a big favorite for a reason. If he even if he is coming off of a loss. Um. So even with that little snafu and mistaken identity, um, you know this already, Bobby. I've been the hardest of all of us on Anthony Smith. I think his run that he had to get a title shot, that was it. That was the pinnacle, and, you know, hats off because he earned it. He came from a different weight class after basically being written off as a journeyman. He had that one great run in him. That's it. That was the one great run. Um, It's not getting better from here. I'm with Mike on it. It's just, it's it's not trending upward from here on out. Like, that look with, he was, like, losing his teeth and all that, like, that was just a really, really tough look for the dude. Um he he works hard. He seems like a good dude. You know, I don't wish ill on him, but I don't have high prospects for his fighting. He, career. He's gotta he's gotta drag
1: this kid into some deep water. That's his best hope. Like it's gotta look like that Vulcan fight where like he just dragged it out long enough. He made him wear on him. But yeah, I mean Mark's with us. We're a clean sweep here. We all think Alexander is gonna get the win here. I kinda set up for him to win, quite frankly. Um is it this is a five round fight though, right? Like I'm not thinking this had some other main event, and shit changed or something. We're... we're okay, I'm assuming it's a five-round fight. Wait, it's a three-round main event. We did lose the main event. The main event was supposed to be Yair versus Zabit. I definitely think Anthony Smith is losing now. Three-round fight. I don't think he has a prayer. That would have been sick, Zabit and Yair. Uh, co-main event is a very, very uncomfortable fight to pick. Uh, Robbie Lawler, Neil Magny. Um... Robbie Lawler is coming into this one as an underdog, right, Steph?
2: A big underdog. Um, This was, you know, we we talked about shocking lines. Uh, Neil Magny is coming in at minus 250 to Robbie's plus 210.
1: Robbie has not won a fight since 2017. Robbie's lost three straight. Uh, Dos Anjos decision, Ben Askren, fucked up call by uh, Herb Dean, bulldog choke, and then Colby Covington. um, Five-round decision. Neil Magny, on the other hand, um, is one two straight. Lee Jin Yang and uh, Anthony Rocco Martin. Uh, everybody knows I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm a Neil Magny mark, but it's not like I have an inflated opinion of him. I know what Neil Magny does and Neil Magny doesn't do. And Neil Magny gives away moments and fights in every single fight. He gives a giant opening to his opponent. It's kind of comparable, Steph, to the way De- Dennis Bermudez used to fight. Except Dennis Ramirez was worse at it. Dennis Ramirez would, like, give up his back in the middle of a fight for no reason. But Neil gives the other guy opportunities, and Robbie Lawler can punish him. Uh, Mark is picking Robbie Lawler. And I understand why he's picking Robbie Lawler. Uh, Mark is going to walk away with this. Until (laughs) one of us starts making moves. And I'm going to take the minus 250 favorite Neil Magny and hold my breath that he doesn't get knocked out over the course of
2: 15 minutes. Hopefully he grapples. So I got Neil Magny. Steph, what do you got? Look okay, at Bobby hedging his bets by being real speculative about taking the massive favorite in the fight. Whoa, I got it, man. Balls up to the wall move. That is a plums pick, I believe. Right, Mike? Bobby Woo! going for that big 250 favorite. Uh, do, you know like, Mar-
1: do you know what's sad? Do you know sad? Marcus added ground. I'm like I'm getting farther away from Mark because he keeps picking favorites.
2: So this is the only
1: chance I got
2: to make a move. <laughs> no i get the strategy i spent a year taking chalk uh yeah (laughs) i've I've played that game bobby i i I wanted to see how that year went um that said i know why mark made this pick because mark and i are in the same boat we've never been impressed by neil magny like the guy is so hit and miss he has moments he looks good and he has moments where like yeah he's that's a ceiling he's not any better than that that's he doesn't he doesn't have
1: a thing where you go what is, aim? what is What is Neil Magny's thing? Like, what is he good at? And B-B the answer plus is B-plus all the way around. He's not better at any one thing than the other. <laughs> My, everybody's favorite thing about Neil Magny was the time he got choked by Damian Maya, And then Damian Maya said he's going to have a jiu-jitsu seminar. And Neil Magny genuinely said, can I come? <laughs> and then he did come, and and that was like that was the best thing you could say. The hey man, really a different. smart
2: man knows what they don't know. You know, <laughs> like that. That's how it goes. You you got to learn when it's time to train. You know, with uh Phil uh Phil Davis and Alexander Gustafson, they're like let's train together. We got some skill sets we can help each other with. You know, I mean um, the man
1: does have a very good gas tank, and training in Colorado does help that. But this is a three round fight. <laughs> So, I don't know.
2: And that's what I'm hoping for, right? Because Robbie, in those five round fights, he always took one or two rounds off. It was always like, I'm not throwing this round. This is my recovery round, guy. Um, So, I'm, but yeah, it's just what did we say when Robbie was champion? It's this is beautiful, but it's going to be a beautiful disaster. When it ends for Robbie, it's going to end for Robbie. And so, we might be in that phase of his career. I've just never had faith in Neil Magny, and Mark is the one who's the genius. So <laughs> who am I to think that I don't, like Mark? I don't. I know better than Mark when it comes to picking fights. A two-time champ, I got, Mark. I got, I got, I got right. the big underdog. Yeah, Mark got two championships, my man. You and me only
1: got one. And Mike has nothing. So Mark, Mark is the fucking man. Fuck,
0: um, you. fuck you, Chris, Chris Cyborg. <laughs>
1: um, Mike, who do you got in this one?
0: Um, yeah, just uh, Robbie Lawler when he was champion. I think he was one of the greatest USC champs ever. Dude, dude, dude. Was it more fight. fun? Yes. He went into every fight like, I don't know what's going to happen. It L- was Lawler, so much after fun. after years
2: of coming out to country music, came out to like funk dance m- music when he was champion. He's like, I'm having a good time now. We're just going to come out to funk and soul music. I, country boy, Robbie Lawler.
0: As, uh, as me and Steph, I think, equated uh, Robbie Lawler's championship run to, he was a uh, makunochi ipo. He's going to get his ass whooped in his title, but was going to win those fights. Anyway, back to this uh, actual match. Um, I am going to make the bold choice of going with the favorite. Um, That's right, there, Mike. Bold picks here. <laughs> there's always the fear with Neil Magny that he'll start slow as he is wont to do in the first round, and Robbie catches him in the first. I am going to hope that doesn't happen and that Magny you know, ekes out a nice split decision. And I also need to make up ground as well because I want to win a championship. So, real I talk, against Mark Robbie Lawler's
1: stretch from when he came back to the UFC and like murdered Josh Koscheck until him losing the title to Woodley, that ten fight stretch was among the most fun I've had watching a guy fight. Like all of it was good, and like I thought I was exp- like I was having a religious experience, Steph, when we were watching him and Rory McDonald throw down in that arena. That was still one of the craziest fucking things I've ever seen in my life.
2: I mean, I, I've been down on MMA in general, but that whole weekend, man, um, I believe we all laid down bets. You know, before the weigh-ins, we were hanging out there in Vegas, and I'm like, Robbie's got this. Robbie looks like the next big thing, right? He he's the Red King now. He's he's given himself his fourth new nickname. He's got to be good. And then they had the weigh-ins, and Robbie just had this air of confidence. And I hit you on the chest. I'm like, Bob, I'm changing my pick. We're going to the steps. Rory Rory didn't even look scared or anything. Rory just looked like Rory. But Robbie looked like he was ready to kick the man's head into the crowd. Robbie just (laughs) had this feel like, I'm the champion. Fuck you, Rory. Like, I'm the champion. And I'm like, it convinced me. It sold me. And it was the performance (laughs) of a career. He got Joker-lipped. And he still, like, still somehow the other guy looked worse, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah, Robbie's time at the top was probably the most... It's probably the most fun the welterweight division has ever been, right? Yeah, you you've been had really great champions, but Woodley wasn't exciting. GFC wasn't necessarily exciting. Robbie's run was fucking exciting, dude. Like, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I think Rob George St. Pierre is the greatest fighter of all time. But
1: it was no, it wasn't in the zip code as much. I fell asleep when somewhere in the middle of Kostcheck getting jabbed in the face by George St. Pierre. Robbie Lawler gave me stress just watching him fight. Um, all right, let's talk about Alexa Grasso. Uh Alexa Grosso is taking on Miss Ji Yun Kim at flyweight. Why it's at flyweight, I don't know, because Ji Yun Kim can't make weight. She just can't. Um Alexa Grosso's last performance, Steph. Do you have know what it was off the top uh, of your head? She
2: also couldn't make weight. She's moving up because she couldn't make weight.
1: She wasn't at twenty five already?
2: Um Was that where so she both, was struggling? So right?
0: both of these are one fifteen. No, this, this, yeah. is,
1: this, is, this is she fought Carla. What was that weight at?
0: That was 15. 15. Oh, she
1: is moving up. All right.
0: Yeah. So well, this is Alexa moving up.
1: Alexa moving up. Uh, She's coming off of a majority loss to Carla. Um, fight of the night should been a draw. should yeah. it have been a
2: draw. Should have
1: been a draw. Should have run a draw. Um, G coming off of just beating up Nadia Cossum. Um, betting odds for this one, Steph?
2: Uh, coming in. Um, at the big favorite is uh my girl Alexa Grosso at -320 to Kim's +260. Mark Scott, uh
1: Alexa Grosso, I got Alexa Grosso too. I don't I I, I you will agree. I mean, she's your she's one of your favorites, but there's times where you're just waiting for Alexa Grosso to pull the trigger sometimes in fights. So you always worry about that, but she's a very talented fighter and I don't I'm not comfortable enough with G to pick her in this fight. <laughs> what do you think, Steph?
2: Oh uh, yeah, I mean I was always going to take Grosso. Um I've seen both of them fight and this should be a really fun fight. They're boxers. Uh Kim has good hands. Um she doesn't have much for grappling acumen, but that's Grosso's strength too. She is a boxer first and foremost. Um and that Alexa her her prospect run has been marred because she's been fed grappler after grappler. Um People just want to hold her against the fence. They want to take her down. And that, that's been her Achilles heel, and it's obviously been something she needs to work against. But this is her in her element now. Um, I think Kim has good boxing, but she's also coming off beating a can in uh, Nadia Kasim. Um oh. That's right. That's right. I got to throw that in there, because uh, take this seriously, Nadia. If you're going to be a UFC fighter. Take this shit fucking seriously. You say can, um,
0: I say coke bottle.
2: What What's the difference?
1: I must be missing the joke. All
0: right. So, Bobby, a can is very flat and cylindrical. Oh, Whereas, okay.
1: Gotcha. There we go. All right. <laughs> my, 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 Mike. <laughs> you hey, say, Mike being you both say, offensive and complimentary. of a woman. Go ahead.
0: You know, Bobby just needed an explanation. Well,
1: okay. I wasn't sure where you were going with it. I'm just like, it might be that, but okay. I like that you cleared it
2: up for me. I mean, she. let's not forget, she also faked the glove tap and threw a kick on someone, so cassim has got some stuff to work through. Um, yeah. That said, it's it's my girl Grasso. I'm looking for her to probably hopefully get a knockout. Um, she was TKing ing girls back in Invicta, which really kind of made her seem like a prospect in the first place. So I'm really excited to see her in a new weight class. Um, it'll be more natural as she's kind of grown into her body now. Um, I- I'm really hoping this launches her star. That's that's what I want to see out of this fight.
0: Mike? Yeah, been a lot of false starts with, uh, with Grasso. Um, this might be a fight where we're finally able to see her put some of it together, um, since she won't be spending a lot of it pressed up against the cage. So we're going to be sweeping this one.
1: Um, and we all picked it last week. Um, but, uh, Magomed and Kalav versus, Ion Cotilaba. Yon uh, Kotilaba. I'm going to say the same thing where I said, if they have weigh-ins and don't let this man paint himself like the Hulk, like what's the point of him fighting? Um, but yeah, Magomed, all of us taking him. Uh, Bruce Leroy's on the undercard, Mike. Yeah. Taking on uh, a Georgian fighter named Giga Chikadze.
0: Yo, real uh, talk. Why hasn't Bruce Leroy gotten a title shot yet? He is obviously a main draw of the UFC. I
1: mean, I mean, there's this thing called winning, and he does not do it.
0: By um, the way, uh,
2: Giga, he is a minus 255 favorite. Um, two straight wins, though,
0: that's for from Bruce, Alex. That's when Bruce Leroy shines, baby. You
2: know, yeah, uh,
1: I don't even know Bruce, if that's true,
0: but I'll go with it.
1: Bruce Leroy, 1612, uh, parentheses one showed up to the UFC with a five and two record. So I'd say he's fighting the way the man fights, he wins more than he loses. And uh, been doing this a while, he's still only 32, he showed up young, still only 32 years old. Um, but yeah, that's it. UFC's got a card, there's no Bellator card. Um, I don't understand what's going on with one championship, if I'm being honest. Um, And I need people to stop talking about Khabib versus George St. Pierre. Unless, like, at least have Khabib beat Justin Gaethje first, and GSP say he's coming out of retirement. Let let me have these happen first. I know we have nothing to do, but I also don't think I need to see nearly 40-year-old GSP take on, in his prime, Khabib Nurmagomedov. I'm not sure what it's going to prove to anybody. Like, well,
2: it's going to prove that Batrok the Leaper is the true greatest of all time.
1: Dude, look, that, I, if he somehow pulls it off, I already think GSP's the GOAT, but like, holy shit. Like, if he somehow beat Habib, like, he's oh going to knock God. out
2: Habib the way he knocked out Michael Bisping. GSP, dude, the dinosaur man, he's going to do it. I,
0: I G- don't doubt that GSP has still probably been consistently training. But I don't understand the appeal of trying to bring out a guy who's now been retired almost two years again.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, GSB was retired. I think what was it, four years when he came back, four plus four like, or five years. He came back, went up a weight class, knocked Bisping out, and also choked him out. And then two weeks later, let Bisping fight again. You guys remember that? That was that was bad. That was a bad decision, real bad decision. Uh, Mike picked up a quick check you know fighting gastelum but also got his brain scrambled yeah that i mean this is also the podcast where we spent seven months eight months saying there's no way conor mcgregor is going to fight floyd mayweather so at this point fuck who knows but yeah i don't i don't get this um all right stuff we like um i got a fair amount of wrestling to talk about but let's lead off with uh with stefan what do you got this week
2: um yeah, what do I have this week? Uh oh yeah. Uh got some K pop stuff, but it is relevant in America this time because uh that shit is playing on your Wild 949, your KMEL jams. It is on your Bay Area top forty stations, and that is because the boys, the kings, BTS came out with their first all English track. It Dynamite. is called, it is called Dynamite, and you know what? I, I don't expect you guys I know Mike has given it a shot. Bob, have you heard the song?
1: Yeah, because someone made a mashup of the AEW entrance with the dynamite. This dynamite song.
2: I was gonna say <laughs> you'll like it because it was good. This is that summer jam anthem. This is Justin Timberlake, "Can't Stop the Feeling." This is Daft Punk, "Get Lucky." This is groovy, retro, summertime dance, happy. It's it's Steph, the anthem for the summer that we deserved and didn't get. Steph, let me just say this before you get back into this: I got nothing against K-pop. I've been
1: going to OB Town since I was 19 years old and then playing K-pop on the Windows Media player
2: in the corner of the TV in the corner of the screen. I'm all on board, bad I mean, brother. Bro, you know the only thing that always pissed me off about that is I could move the mouse cursor. I see the mouse cursor on the screen. Just drag that shit to the right. Come on, why guys.
0: It, why is it every Korean chicken yeah, place? Yeah, it's every <laughs> Korean chicken <laughs> place. Because the, because the two bonchons in the tri-state area have that same deal going on.
1: It's always Windows Media Player. And you always see the status bar and the stupid cursor. <laughs> Stephon, continue. We're getting real granular and specific with our stuff. Okay. I Steph, mean, go ahead, sorry. We,
2: it, it's pretty popular on YouTube now. I think we, were just, we weren't living in that K-pop accessible world. People had to download them videos to the computer, had to load it to their Winamp. You know, it was a, it was a jankier time. Um, but that, Shout out to Winamp, one of the greatest MP3 <laughs> players of every of ever of all time, buddy. Look, I'm just dating ourselves by using outdated media apps that no longer exist or at least are no longer in circulation. Um, but that said, this the song is an absolute hit. Uh, it set the YouTube premiere record with three million concurrent viewers. Uh, I believe it broke Blackpink's record, which was like 1.4. Um, it set the single. Uh, single day streaming record with ninety eight point three million views in the first day. Uh, the previous record was eighty six. I saw one hundred and ten, but it might have been over twenty four hours at that point. Like um, they, yeah, they, they cracked hundred like at twenty four hours and five minutes. Uh, fans were disappointed. They re- really wanted to break that one hundred million mark, but I mean these numbers are fucking ridiculous. I saw the video when it had been uploaded for two minutes. It was at eight million views. You know, um, the song is an absolute hit um you know like sharing it with family members it is just again it's that summer anthem um it's it's a great song it's it's such an homage to the jackson five um you you give me a little funk and disco retro vibes you know i like my bruno mars i like my daft punk right so um it really just hit the spot for me proud of the boys good to see them do it um hope we get that u.s tour that got delayed like many other things due to this whole covid nightmare Right on. You got anything else or just BTS? Um, no, I was just contributing to that numbers, baby.
1: Um, Mike, what do you got this week before we get to wrestling talk?
0: Yeah, I'll give that a listen after the podcast as well. And also related and also looking, having looked at your twice a uh, bucket hat for the last uh, few weeks. Um, twice also had a uh, cover of, I want you back as well. So, uh, you know, it's tie into your Michael Jackson, uh, your Jackson five, uh,
2: can can i tell you a funny thing about that their i want you back cover is on their japanese album so on twice a k-pop's japanese album they released an english cover k-pop is wild man that
0: sounds that sounds pretty japanese to do (laughs) um i don't really have that much this week um yeah there's not really too much to report i guess the one thing i could say i like is my cheapness because i was going to buy a wall outlet and i thought you know what before i spent 25 bucks let me check the closet and what do you know i had a multi outlet so i saved myself 25 bucks
1: god this is going to be like the shortest episode of this podcast ever and it's just impressively <laughs> all over the place <laughs> um let's just go in order of the wrestling i enjoyed um AEW Dynamite was on Saturday instead of uh, Wednesday. I think Mike saw it. Um,
0: did you or not? I did, but you'll have to like jumpstart my memory on what happened in it.
1: Okay, the only, only one thing matters, and that's because the fucking Dark Order has got the championship because yeah. Mr. Brody Lee went out there and squashed Cody Rhodes in like a minute. Um, it was great. Uh, joined Dark Order. Those of us been on that Dark Order train for a couple months now, at least. Um, the fact that they so got Dark Order,
0: huh? He's so angry when he won,
1: dude. Mister Brody Lee demands respect. First of all, the fact that the Dark Order is over as shit now. And a year ago, when the Dark Order debuted at um, Double or Nothing, when me and Steph and Drew are sitting there and we're like, "Who the fuck are these people?" And we don't know what the hell's going on. The fact that now they are so over, like so incredibly over um is a fucking testament to building up a character to be honest in a group in a faction um that was so cool and uh if you follow being the elite Mr. Brody Lee promised that if they if he won the championship he was going to take everybody to chili's to celebrate and he did so shout out to Mr. Brody Lee uh being a great boss right there um I liked Eddie Kingston uh forming a faction with the Lucha Brothers and the Butcher and the Blade, because uh, anybody who watched late '90s wrestling, you love a good faction,
0: all liked, right? I like this Kingston guy? He looks like a he looks like a tool.
1: Mike, how many people that look like Kingston have has have been disrespectful to you in your life? Just be
0: honest with me. Uh, none directly to be, but I've known too many Eddie Kingston's. All right.
1: I mean, so I'm actually like,
0: amazed, I'm actually amazed. I like Zelina because I've known so many Zelina Vegas as well.
1: Um I'm all about this uh MJF versus John Moxley feud. Um MJF trying to get Moxley's finisher banned is some classic wrestling right there, you know, saying his move is too dangerous or some shit like that. I love it. Um it was a good show. Really dug it. Um from NXT Takeover uh Pat McAfee uh really impressed everybody uh i'm not sure steph you saw any of this
2: oh yeah he's uh he he can flip and shit he can do moves he he's the first kind of celebrity pro wrestling guy who actually like tried he yeah and i like that he said he tried um and is it my understanding his finisher is like a football punt to the head like he yes. does the whole, he does the whole move. The he holds it, he gets that big wind up in. Like that's a fucking yeah. sweet finisher. It, that it, is yeah. a that is a good finisher.
0: It, it, it's not even that he showed a lot of athletic ability in the ring. That obviously is a big part of it. But the his gravitas in the rig was actually really good as well. Like his, uh, I, I'm not exactly sure what the terminology is, but he played the heel in the ring. Yeah, extremely he, he, well. he did a.
1: He did a very good job. I thought before him, I thought like um, the kid who played Arrow was really good when he wrestled. Um, I forgot his name.
0: Stephen Amel.
1: Amel was really good when he wrestled Christopher Daniels. And Christopher Daniels is a great wrestler, and so is Adam Cole. And Adam Cole, you know, was very much, don't sell him short. Adam Cole's the reason this match looked as good as it did.
2: I was listening but, to um, the Masked Man podcast uh, earlier today. And uh, he said straight up, no hyperbole, uh, McAfee is probably top three in NXT right now on the mic. Like, his character, his communication, like, to the audience, to sell, like, they said, like, he's already high-level. Like He's very entertaining, and he's
1: very good, like, he has a podcast, and he's been on other WWE stuff. And him and Adam Cole have had this thing for years. We're like they cut their buddies, obviously, and like Adam Cole and him, like we'll just shit talk each other anytime they're in the same place. And I was reading that they didn't train, they didn't practice this match, you know. And if that's really what, just they just fucking went for it. That is even more impressive because I kind of assume like guys first match, let's you know, pretty much go step by step, like you know, which you can't blame a guy for that at all. It's a lot of a lot to ask to be on a network special, essentially a pay per view in your first match, but. I was, I read something where he said he didn't want to embarrass the sport. He said, I don't want to be one of those other celebrities who shows up and just does terrible and it's embarrassing for all the wrestling fans that I'm there. And, I mean, WWE played a weird where they said that he's only been training for two weeks, but, like, they should have been honest and said, no, this guy owns a ring. Like, he got drunk and spent some of his signing bonus on a ring. That's a thing that happened. Man owns a ring. Um, But I was thoroughly impressed. Um... And also from TakeOver, Karrion Cross. the WWE is really making this guy into a monster. Took the belt off of Keith Lee. Um, clean. Uh, Keith Lee moving on to the main roster. Um, and I it's still weird calling him Karrion Cross because Killer Cross was such a cool name. But, you know, can't call him that for some reason. And, uh, yeah, it was a good show. Um, Thatcher versus Finn Balor was awesome. And then SummerSlam, Stefan saw this. Um, Mike and I were watching this. Um, Mike, I thought wasn't a bad show, but basically every match ended in the most anticlimactic way possible.
0: Yeah. Um, it was a running theme throughout most of, I think, pretty much all of the matches that when it ended, it was like, ah, that match was just meh. You know, it wasn't anything to write home about.
1: Um, yeah, especially I thought Randy and Drew were having a great match. Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre were beating the fuck out of each other, and then it ended on a black backslide, which was like when like I watch a lot of wrestling, and when it, when the guys have like a blood feud going, you're not looking for a weird roll up finisher to end it. You know what I mean? Like the match ended without anybody getting hit with an RKO or getting hit with uh, a claymore. claymore. Yeah, yeah. That well, was kind I mean, of weird.
0: You also talked about it after the match that um, perhaps they're just trying to have this run for for the next few months. So, I mean, I don't really know the, the mechanics of this, but maybe the first match has to be kind of shitty.
1: I thought, uh, speaking of debuts, I was thoroughly impressed with Dominic Mysterio. Because that kid sold his ass off. Um, he... The amount of pressure... Where you're the son of the greatest luchador that ever lived. And you're making your debut at SummerSlam. And God bless Seth Rollins. Because I'm sure Seth Rollins used it as some sort of personal challenge to prove how good of a wrestler he is. That he could take a rookie like this and have a great match. I was really impressed with the kid. He has really good punches. And before the match when he said, uh, it was like not in character. He said, man, I really wish Eddie was here. Because that was, you know, Eddie Guerrero he's talking about. 'Cause you know, it was Uncle Eddie to him. Um that was I was I heard that. I'm like, really fucking Dominic's really just tugging at my heartstrings here. I thought he did great. Steph, I'd like you to shit on whatever the hell the ending of Sasha versus Asuka was, because that was a great match up until the ending.
2: Um yeah, it was just dumb. It was dumb. Like I I very loosely followed the current storylines, but I recognize pro wrestling right it's like a science i I you know Mike you said the mechanics kind of the machinations of how things I get a lot of that about pro wrestling and I admire when it's done well to me that was handled really sloppily. they're teasing that Bailey and Sasha best friends will ultimately have a fallout that leads them feuding over one of those belts you know it, was, it was, I think it was a pretty foregone conclusion Osco is gonna win one but lose the other. I think you know these are very realistic things, but like it was sloppy because I, I I caught like some of the post stuff today, like going into RAW, just kind of watching some of the review shows, and they're really pushing this angle: is like Bailey didn't take the hit for Sasha the way yeah. Sasha took the hit for Bailey. But here's the thing: Bailey didn't get hit by the butt and then got spinning back fist immediately next, so she did take the hit. So pitching the angle is like, oh, she didn't take the hit. She did. She did take the hit. So your angle's dumb. Like if you had Bailey walk away, like just completely. Like, no, no, fuck, I'm out of here. Like if she abandoned Sasha, that's something you can push. Bailey should have like tried to get involved and miss and hit Sasha. Something like, really, that's her fault. There you needed know what I mean? to be something credible. It just yeah. was it seemed like, oh, that's how you're gonna sow the descent. That was weak. That was weak. So yeah. it's it's obvious the angle they're going, but the execution was lacking. Um, and that's a shame because Asuka and Sasha had a hell of a match. Uh Asuka and, and Sasha, I thought, showed why they have been two of the best women's performers ever. Like, they had a great technical battle. I love the submission counters. Um, you know, it's one thing when you do striking counters, but, like, it's like some good UFC stuff, right? Where you get these sweeps and these reversals. I think the the the, the submission counter game was really, really clever in that. Um, I liked that there was a tap. Like, you were complaining about the, uh, what's it called, the backslide? Like Yeah. You know, I I tell you I, I, I watch Simon do the ups and downs a lot, and that's pretty much how I stay in the loop with what the current events are. He has a counter for how many times a iteration of the surprise roll up has been used in the year twenty twenty, and it is an ungodly amount. It is roughly eighty percent of all matches. So when you then do it on the pay per view as well, it's like what the fuck happened to finishing moves? Like, well, you know, it's also—I mean, especially with the one example I gave. When you have two guys whose finishers
1: can literally be like, literally Randy Orton's finisher. The joke is out of nowhere. Like, it, your finisher can be hit with a surprise. That it can be exciting. Like, Randy but, hits an RKO finisher. The down, motto or,
0: for SummerSlam was "You'll never see it coming." And well, let me tell you, I didn't thought. see that.
1: Fu- I didn't see that fucking backslide coming. Like that was fucking stupid. The match was so good. Like I'm all about this. Like I, I watch wrestling on Wednesdays, and I'm like. Check in on the Monday, Friday stuff every now and then. Like, my understanding is Randy Orton's killing it on every level right now. Old man Randy Orton. And like I was really enjoying this, and I'm like, yeah, man, these two big dudes, like Randy's a big dude, Drew's a big dude. They're beating the fuck out of each other. Like somebody's gonna hit a finish and we're gonna go home. And then I don't know. And then uh main event. Um I don't think the fiend should be the champion ever.
0: I oh don't. wait, we we missed one part of the the Randy Orton. Oh no, wait, sorry, sorry. That this is their. Yeah, no, I'm
1: getting the. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, sorry. I was half paying attention to most of the rain. My understanding is everybody thought Braun Strowman was a shit champion. Um, I don't think you should ever have the Fiend hold the title. Um, Steph, this is kind of my feeling when they first did it, where I'm just like, I don't think he should lose when he's the Fiend, and I think when you make a guy champion you kind of really put a, like, you limit your options. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, like, he should only be this spooky-ass character who goes after people. I don't, why does he give a fuck about being the champion? It's, like, why would it?
2: It's tough when you book a monster as the champion, um, because... Andre the Giant was never world champion. Just putting that out there. Like, the Fiend, the Fiend is one of, is really, truly one of the best characters in all of pro wrestling in the last, like... Hmm. since we stopped watching it's truly it is remarkable how it works, the mechanics of it but the problem is he has to wrestle a certain style and that style is very stifling it's very limiting and you know guys who are fighting for the belt, these are your best guys right but are you going to have everyone, him no sell everyone are you going to have everyone have to be just absolutely demolished and crushed right? It, that's why the monster you want terrorizing the roster, but you don't necessarily want them to hold the belt because again it, it creates this choke point on the division which is just creatively stifling. So I think that's kind of the point you're alluding to and that, so he, he operates best outside of it. Um, Braun is a different type of monster who can work as a champion as you're looking for the underdog who can overcome him. That's classic yeah. monster. Um, like the Undertaker was champion multiple times. But the Undertaker's best days were when he was not champion. It yeah. was him having these amazing feuds against Mankind, against Shawn Michaels, against his brother Kane 38 times, but you know, him forming the Ministry of Darkness that terrorize, kidnap Stephanie McMahon, like crazy shit, right? It's it's like that's the crazy drama aspect where pro wrestling becomes more than just wrestling, where it becomes spectacle. And that's what you want the Fiend to be doing. You don't really want him holding the belt. Um so yeah that that's not his ideal point. It's kind of weird putting the belt back on him, um yeah, but yeah, yeah, but I also didn't like the match was not great, and like
1: it became a i like I was a false Kings account anywhere match, and bray hit his fucking um sister Abigail finisher outside and went for a pin and braun kicked out like four minutes in, and I'm like, the fuck are we doing like what 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 is this show and then Braun takes an X-Acto knife out, and he's facing a monster, and I'm like, okay, we'll stab the monster. I know it's wrestling, but like, you 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 brought a knife into the element here, and instead Braun cuts cuts out the ring, and then just gets, he eats a finisher, two finishers on it, and then we're, it's the end of the night. Um, I didn't like that at all. The match was kind of shitty, but really the takeaway was what came after the, the match, Mike
0: yeah um and uh lead up to what came at that point earlier in the night there was a promo that had um uh shit uh well i can't remember his name um the Rock's cousin what the hell is his name roman roman there we go um i remember i had mentioned roman to you that I i hate roman because they try to make him like a superhero and i don't want a superhero fuck that mm-hmm. Um, and then sure enough, after the fight is over, he comes in and he attacks bronze Roman and, uh, and the fiend. And it looks like they're trying to do a heel turn with Roman reigns. And I was actually very happy about that.
1: I liked Roman's shirt about, uh, what,
0: is what was that? it like? like everyone. Wreck, 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 wreck.
1: Yeah. I was like, okay. I did like Roman got new teeth. Um, dude had a real nice <laughs> smile going. Yeah. Um, he just beat everybody up, and I was just like, okay, um, they missed him. Honestly, they could always use him. I don't know of him and the fiend as anything anybody is interested. Again, like they could have just had Braun win and have Roman go beat up Ron and we just move on with our lives here. But I don't. Sure.
0: Um I feel like you take some of the uh spookiness and mysticism out of the fiend if he gets just attacked from behind and now he's unconscious on you know he's
1: not he's not Roman's gonna take the belt off of him. Like that's what's gonna happen. Um overall, show is okay. Um the endings of a lot of the matches sucked, but the matches themselves were good. I thought Rollins and Mysterio was good. I liked Rollins dressing up in with Ray's gear from Halloween Havoc ninety seven, which I got. And I don't know how many people other got, other people got. Uh, shout out to Makazi, the costume designer, for doing that. I thought that uh, Asuka, both of her matches were good. I think Sasha's the best wrestler in their company, best female wrestler in the company, and her match with Asuka was great. And I was I don't even remember what happened in the Street Profits match.
0: So, just just so you know, uh, Raw just announced that at WWE Payback, Roman the Fiend and. Strowman will fight in a looks like a triple threat match.
1: Do they have a pay per view next weekend again? Is that a real thing?
0: Well, it's not really a pay per view. You know, if you just have Are... WWE Network, it's just.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, but they have another event next weekend, right? Uh, Literally yes.
0: a week later, Sunday. Wow, time.
1: that seems like poor planning. Um, I don't know, man. Summerslam was a really big deal when we were kids. Uh, I used to order WrestleMania on Summerslam, and Steph and the boys would come over. It's hardest for any of these things seem like a big deal right now, to be honest. So I don't even know how to gauge it. What do you think, Steph, overall, from what you saw?
2: Um, I think it was interesting. Um, to me, the big takeaway I took was uh, this was their first like kind of big show outside of the Performance Center. They were trying to get back to the arena thing. Um, they owe a giant check to the NBA people with uh, how much of that production they uh, basically ripped off. But, yeah. um, you know, that, that's the stuff I, I, I just find very fascinating about live events In the current times we're in, I just have a curiosity of how people are trying to do things. I've been watching, uh, you know, European soccer, been watching the NBA, uh, you know, the baseball with the teddy bears in the in the seats behind the plates. You know, I just find it interesting. So seeing them do the big boards pumping in the sound uh, from a production, it it was it was a spectacle um, and it was something on. And it was uh, again, it was more worth my attention than these MMA fights this past week. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's fair.
1: And uh, how confident is everybody that Braun's going to have to take a pin for Roman so they can get the belt off of The Fiend without The Fiend losing? Because that's where I'm at. Just putting that out there right now. That's what that's going to happen. I mean, that sounds
2: right, Bob. And this is what I was saying to you during. I just want Braun. Do you remember how Braun Strowman was at his peak when he was fighting Roman, when he was just throwing trucks at him? And he was just like, "I'm not finished with you. Here's a here's a garbage truck. I'm not finished with you. Here's a, tipping over an ambulance." Like I like the cartoonish monster. He, he, he literally killed Roman on a weekly basis. Like he just was, found new ways it was to great. kill. It's just like I don't know what the cost of this is for you to keep tipping over large like heavy duty vehicles. But I'm I'm in it. Like see, that Dude. was something that made me tune in. Was what is Braun Strowman going to tip over this week? Like. Dude, it's not like they have to do anything live. Just spend a couple days, have Roman, have Braun knock
1: shit over. Just knock shit over for a couple days, and just every episode. Look what Braun did this week. Look, look at Braun. He just punched that cinder block, uh, punched the cinder block in half. Look at Braun. He just stomped and there's a crack in the earth. Let's do it. That's why I watch wrestling. Dumb shit like that. Alright. We managed to still get to an hour and change with me rambling about wrestling. Thank you all for listening this week. Um, there will be a show next week. Um, God willing, Mark will be back on it. Um, we're going to talk about... Um, see if Alexander Rakic uh, gets back on the contender status here. Uh, we're going to talk about um, about how wrong I was for picking Neil Magny to win this fight still. The him being a favorite. Uh, we're going to preview this UFC 176 card. Um, which is, on paper, miserable. Just a level of shitty that is mind-boggling with a main event of Augusto Sakai versus Alistair Overeem. Um, we got Nico Montoya on the card. Yeah, this is terrible. This is
2: real bad. It's so bad. Did she her first UFC fight? No, she lost her belt at some point, didn't she? She stripped her due to injuries and a billion other things. I don't know that oh. she's ever actually fought since that tough season. She fought once, and she lost to Juliana Pena. How does
1: she still have a job? She Honestly, Nico Montoya does seem like it wasn't that she was a bad fighter, but it just seemed like there were so many things that I'm like, we've seen the UFC enough to be like, she could just lose her job any minute here for any of these things, right, Steph? Like, at yeah. any point, it could have been like, just go home. It's just like,
2: yeah, it's not that she was bad. It's circumstances happened, and she didn't play nice. Um, she yeah. wasn't a kiss-ass to the organization. So it just seemed like, yeah, you're, I, I could see you being on the wrong side of Dana real quick. But I like her. Like, I watched that tough season. I'm the only person in America who did. And she was my favorite person on it. And I cheered for her the whole time. So I want to see her get on track in the UFC. So it might be trash. But I will watch her fight.
1: Sounds like the uh, OSP fight got rescheduled for this card. Because it is also the second best fight now. That tells you how bad this is. There's a lot of people. Some, we got we got Sajara Eubanks on this card. We got some checkered people on this card, folks. Anyway, we're going to talk about that next week. Um, everybody uh, be safe. Um, I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was Lavender Gooms. Boy, DJ Mark, we'll be back next week. See y'all next week. Peace out.
2: Cheers. Peace.